The title of the message this morning that I want to share with you, and then we're going to go into communion, so it's a, a more brief message, is simply this title, Fresh Vision. Fresh Vision. That's what I'm talking about. Would you say those two words? Fresh Vision. Now, as an introduction, I actually just want to pray first. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the anointing that I'm asking and believing will flow through me as I share this word. I pray that hearts would be receptive, that hearts would be ignited, and let your kingdom purposes come in this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. So talking about fresh vision, and I want to start off by relaying to you a little story of something that took place not so long ago. Uh, I was re recently met with a pastor and it was on a social basis, a bunch of people together, and we were having tea and cake and just fellowshipping. It was purely just a social time together. And uh, I got chatting to this pastor that was there, and we got chatting about different things and ministry and so on. And so he invited me to come and take a look at their church facilities the following day. And so I agreed and took my family along with me, and we went and had a look at the, his church facilities. So he took us on a grand tour, looking through everything, and he showed us firstly the offices and, uh, and nicely done and so on. He showed us many parts of the building, showed us various studios where they are doing audio recording and some television recording and playout centers, etc., uh, also, he showed the kids' church, uh, and I was quite uh, impressed with their kids' church environment, and you go into the registration area, and there's all this greenery and little fairy lights, and you hear the sounds of, it sounds like you're in a jungle, and the monkeys, you know, and yeah, your kids are, you're busy registering, you like the monkey sound, yes, I, I like that too, thank you. Uh, I've got some other animal sounds, but I'm not going to go there now. Now, so you register your kids, and, uh, and then what's cool is in the corner of this registration venue, there's like a hole in the wall, and it's not very high, and it's got like artificial rocks around it, and then once your kids are registered, they go through the hole in the wall, and they go down a slide, and that goes two and a half times down into a lower level, so you pop your kids in there, it's so cool, and you go like, wee, wee, and out at the bottom on the mat, you know? And you know what's so wonderful about that is if your kid doesn't want to go to kids' church, it's the point of no return. And they're crying, and you just send them off, and you can't hear anything. And so they're having a great time down there, so you think, you know. And then going down into the different kids' venues and uh, lovely creative way in which they've prepared the different age categories. And, and I thought, wow, this is, this is quite cool, quite special, some creative ideas. And they showed us the cafeteria, showed us the radio station that they broadcast uh, from their building. They showed us various halls, and um, also then they showed us a large auditorium, which they are building. It's a very large auditorium, and it's not complete, and they needed more finances to see it complete. And so it was just interesting going around there, and I actually found that it was great to see, and there was lots of creativity in the environment because they had purchased an old building and had upgraded and changed things and and so it's lovely to see how they took a really unsightly place and made it very nice 
And so what struck me most of all was a tremendous sense of vision that I saw from this pastor that was leading us and showing us around. A tremendous sense of vision. Now, he's very different to me, and we have a very different approach and ministry philosophy and so on, and, uh, and that's cool. But what really stood out for me was here is a man of vision who eventually, well, initially had this building which really didn't look nice, and bit by bit, they are making it into a wonderful ministry center. And so I was inspired by what I saw, and it also stirred my own heart regarding our vision here at Choose Life Church. I am a man of vision. I believe I am. And I believe that God has many things that He's going to still take us on to. I feel that this is early days in the life of Choose Life Church. We've only been going 13 and a half years. It might sound like a long time. I don't think it's a long time. I believe these are early days. The day is but an embryo, if you know what I mean. And God's got wonderful things in store. And we need to be people of vision. And so while I was there, I was struck and impressed by the fact that this man certainly had vision. But somebody, something else occurred to me after we had left and then went home and I was just thinking about this. And what occurred to me is this. The amount of people who have no vision. The amount of people whose vision has died or waned, or people that have precious little vision. I even thought of some people that I know are part of the congregation here, and I thought of that person, and I, I thought of that person, and I thought, it's sad because I think of them, and, and I realize they have zip vision. They have no vision. They're just going along in life. It's like they're stuck in a rut. What is a rut? It's a grave with the ends kicked out. <laughs> They stuck in a rut. And I really thought my, to myself that this is not the way it should be. But I do realize that sometimes in life you can find yourself in a place where your vision has waned. But I believe that you should not be there for very long so that God can renew your vision. Let me tell you a story which I'll never forget. I clearly remember Dr. Miles Monroe's counsel to me many years ago. It was approximately four years after my dad had passed away. Now, my dad had led, at that point when he passed away, the second largest church in South Africa, and God had used him remarkable, remarkably as a, re, a person of renewal in South Africa. And so the church went into the leadership hands of somebody else, and we were still involved there as a family. And so because of our close relationship with Dr. Miles Monroe as a family, he would, even after my dad passed away, he would come out once a year and then meet with our family and say, how's it going? What's happening? Fill me in. And it was about four years into that process that uh, here we were having a meal together. It was myself and Mandri and Andrew and Peter and my mom, and we sat together with him and Sister Ruth, and he was hearing where we're at and, uh, and advising us. And, and at one point in time, he took his napkin and he wiped his mouth and he threw his napkin on the table and he said, it's not working. It's not working. Very interesting. And then he began to speak to us about a new future that he believed that God would unfold. And I'll never forget what he said to me. At one point in time, he looked at me and he said, listen, young man, I want to tell you, 
get in your car, drive around the city and get fresh vision. Amazing. He said, get in your car, drive around the city and get fresh vision. Why did he say drive around the city? Because he knew that we as a family had a destiny here in Pretoria, in Swanee. And so he saw that something was not working out and we needed to trust God to open up new fresh vision. And you know what? God is faithful. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. And he opened up fresh vision. Amen. And I want to tell you that today you are sitting in the vision that God birthed. Now you might be in that same position that we were where it feels as though doors have closed, opportunities have closed, there's been a death of a dream. But I want to tell you and I want to encourage you today that God can certainly make a way where there seems to be no way because He's a God that loves to give His people vision of what He wants to do and where He wants to take them in their lives. And so He said to me, get fresh vision. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says the following, where there is no vision... The people perish. That's in the King James Version. Proverbs 29, verse 18. You might want to even look at it in your Bible. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Please say that with me. Where there is no vision, the people perish. One more time. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, that's not a nice little maxim. That is the truth of the Word of God. That is a principle in God. Where there is no vision in your life, you begin to die. You begin to have nothing to live for. I heard about a small town in America. This town was located in a valley. And so what had happened is the authorities decided that to service the greater uh, region, that they would need to build a dam in the nearby vicinity. But because this little town was in the valley not too far from where this dam wall would be built, it basically meant that it wouldn't be too long and eventually this town would be underwater. And they said after the building the dam wall, it would take about three to four years with the rains and so on. And then basically these little houses, or normal houses in this little town, would eventually be underwater. Now, because of that, people immediately stopped caring for the town. The town wasn't yet underwater, but they stopped caring for the town. People stopped the upkeep of their properties. They let their maintenance go. They didn't care anymore. And the town began to decline because basically the town was busy perishing because there was no more vision for the town. And the vision had died. Quite something. It's amazing how vision has an ability to move us forward, but when there's a lack of vision, stagnation is the order of the day. But Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That same verse, verse 18 in the English Standard Version says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. There needs to be prophetic vision in your life. Otherwise, you end up doing things you should, not suppo- you should not be doing, you're not supposed to do. I think of the people that, the Israelites, there they are be- below Mount Sinai, and what happens? The visionary leader goes up onto the mountain, Moses, to hear from God. 
And suddenly there's no one to help them and give them vision. And so what happens? They end up building a calf. They create this calf, this golden calf, and they begin to worship it. They cast off restraint. Why? Because the vision was no longer in front of them, and they cast off restraint. I want to tell you, vision will protect you from having an affair. Vision will protect you from getting off the rails. Vision for God and for His truth will protect you from getting into error. Vision has this amazing thing of keeping you on track. And so it's so important that we have vision in our lives because we want to stay the course and we want to keep focused on what God is wanting us to focus on. And I'm even saying to older people here, people that are in their 70s and above, I want to tell you, you still need to keep vision in your heart. Was it Caleb who said, give me the hilltops? Was it Caleb at about 85? He was a man of vision even at 85. He said, give me the mountaintops and I'm going to go possess the land. I want to tell you, possessing is not about age, but it is about a spirit within you that you determine you are a man of vision because you serve a God of vision and you will focus on his vision for your life. And so I'm talking to people here today, and many of you are doing wonderfully well in the area of vision, but I believe that there are some people that are struggling and God is wanting to breathe new life into your spirit today. <laughs> Can you let him do that today? Can you let him do that? Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Now, the Hebrew word used here for vision is an interesting word. It's called kauzon. Kauzon. It's not a zone where cows are in, but it sounds like it. Kauzon. Now, what does kauzon, the Hebrew word, mean? It essentially means sight. But more than sight, it means a mental picture, a picture that you have in your mind. When you have vision, you have a picture. You have a heart picture, a mental picture. So, kauzon means sight. It means dream. It means revelation. It means vision. And I want to say to you, people of God, that God does not want you to live without vision. No, you are a person of destiny. You are a person of purpose. You are a person of vision. Now, would you tell the person next to you, you are a person of vision. Tell them that. They need to hear it from you today. You are a person of vision. And if the visions run a little bit low, it's going to rise up again in your heart today. We are a people of destiny. And I believe that we should have a dream. And when I say have a dream, I'm talking about God's dream for your life. God's calling for your life. And we should give ourselves to the dream. And when you are giving yourself to the dream that God has for you, I want to tell you, there's no better way to live. Jesus said, you know, he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the race that he has set before me. There is nothing as fulfilling as fulfilling your God calling, as fulfilling your God vision. And so let that stir within your heart today. We are a people who should have a dream that you are working towards. And I want to talk to you, some of you today, God is wanting you to step out of the boat into something that he has in store for you. There's some of you that are working for a boss where you know deep in your heart God has talked to you for a long time that there is a business that needs to be birthed out of you. And out of that business that you will birth, many other people will be employed. Let me tell you, if there's one thing that I've learned through the whole journey of Choose Life, it's this, listen carefully. There comes a time when you step out of the boat 
and you do what God has said. And when you step out of the boat, some people think, well, I'm stepping on water. I want to tell you, you're not stepping on water. You're stepping on the word of God because he said step out of the boat. Because he gave you a dream. Because he gave you a vision to fulfill. And so when you step out, you are sure because God goes before you. And he paves the way before you. But there are business owners here that are yet to step out and start their business. I want to tell you, there's people that know a calling of God into government. We need so many more righteous leaders in government, and I believe that God is calling people to be leaders in government. You know that some of you have a dream to practice medicine, and even though you might not think that you could afford it, I want to tell you if it's God's plan, God will provide for the plans he births. There are people here that you are destined to write songs, and I want to say, go ahead and start to write songs. There are people that are creative here. Some of you can only think about designing clothes. It's just the way you wired. You think of designing. Other people in creative design, graphic design, artwork, etc. And God wants you to give release to that potential, that treasure that he has placed within you. Because there is a dream. You cannot go to the grave with that dream. You cannot bury that dream like the one guy buried his one talent. I want to tell you. You cannot bury your talent. The world needs your talent. South Africa needs your talent. Your community, your school, your varsity, your place of work needs that talent. Don't bury your talent. But you might say, well, I've tried to pursue my dream and I've had setbacks. Well, who hasn't had setbacks trying to pursue a dream? Joseph had a dream. I want to tell you, Joseph faced tremendous setbacks. He faced tremendous obstacles. (laughs) Got put in a pit, got put in prison, got falsely accused. All sorts of terrible things happened to him. But you know what? He kept the dream alive in his heart. He really did. And the scripture says in Genesis 42 verse 9, it says, Joseph remembered the dream. And here he was as governor in Egypt. He had built up all the food for the time of famine. And his very brothers that threw him in the pit came to buy food. And they were effectively bowing down before him. And here they were wanting food. He didn't let on that he knew who they were. They didn't recognize him. He was dressed up in all the Egyptian garb, I guess. But you know what? In that moment, it says, Joseph remembered the dream. And I want to tell you, do you still remember the dreams that God has placed within you? Because if you've forgotten about them, it's time to let them emerge once again. Let the dream emerge. I honestly believe that God is wanting to raise up city impactors, nation impactors through the life of this church. I believe it with all my heart. And don't let anyone look down on you. Don't let anyone scoff on your vision, because let me tell you, they don't know what you are capable of. There are seeds of greatness within you. And you know the wonderful thing about Joseph is that God fulfilled the dream. And as he did with, did I say Moses or Joseph? Whatever the case, (laughs) Joseph had his dream fulfilled, and I want to tell you that God is faithful. We were singing about it now. He can fulfill your dream. And let me say this. Besides for the central vision, the central dream of your life, which is God's dream, I believe that we should also have vision for the many areas of your life. For instance, think about this, the place where you're living. Maybe you're renting. 
I want to ask you this. Are you going to rent forever? Now, it's fine to begin, you know, you need to get out there and start and get your first job and so on. And, and fine, you begin to rent and so on. But if you're still renting after 15 years, if you're still renting after 20 years, after 25 years, I want to say to you that God wants more for you. And I believe that we should be a possessing people, that we should possess the land. If God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he also owns the hills as well, he owns the world, the earth, and the fullness of is the Lord's. I want to tell you it's okay to believe God that we can own our own property that you can move beyond renting and empowering and enriching your landlord and you can become a landowner. Why not get a vision for that? And some of you, yeah, yes, some nice amens, yeah. <laughs> and some of you, maybe you've been in a home, it is your own home, wonderful, and you've been there for many years, but do you know that God could even lead you into perhaps even a, a, a better place, a, a safer place? You say, I don't believe that God can bless me that much. Well, you know what? I've discovered that God can do beyond what you're asking or thinking. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. So have a vision also for your marriage. Have a vision that your marriage will be an oasis, that it will flourish, that you will respect each other, and that you will grow to love each other more and more. Have a vision that you will be faithful to one another. Have a vision that you're going to set such an example in your marriage that your children are going to rise up and call you blessed. Also have a vision for your children, a vision that they would become princes in the land, that they would become people of influence. Have a vision that your children are going to have a great education and are going to find a good job in South Africa and good opportunities. Have a vision that they will serve God and that they will rise up and call you blessed. And so I'm talking about fresh vision today, and, and I want to ask, where are you today? Where are you today? Where are you today? Have, have you lost your vision? Has your vision, vision waned? And I want to say that if that is the case, and I believe that the Lord laid this on my heart to speak about it, because for, for many people here it is the case, I want to urge you and say, would you allow the Lord to rekindle the vision? He can do it. But he wants you to ask him. He wants you to desire that. I want to say, would you allow him to rekindle the vision? Would you allow him to give you fresh vision today? Some of you need to receive fresh vision. And so my heart's desire is that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of it. Because God wants to use you in a way beyond your wildest expectations. Have you received the message this morning? Amen. Now let's pray. And then we're going to move into communion. Now as we pray, I'm going to ask specifically that God will rekindle vision that needs to be rekindled. I'm going to ask that God would give fresh vision where there needs to be fresh vision. For those of you that are fired up regarding the vision that God has given you, wonderful. Be contagious with that vision. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, we thank you that you care about every aspect of our lives. 
And so today we are coming to you, dear Father, and there is a desire in our hearts to say, would you reignite our hearts in this area of vision? Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, for those whose vision has waned or those whose vision has died, we ask you, Heavenly Father, would you rekindle the God vision that you gave them, the God calling upon their life, that dream and that vision. We ask you in the matchless name of Jesus that you would rekindle vision today. And I breathe. I breathe. I breathe over those visions in the name of Jesus, and I pray that every God-ordained vision would begin to rise in hearts like never before. I pray for hearts that are feeling dead right now, that hearts would begin to come alive again, and that they would begin to beat again. I pray for fresh vision to be birthed in this very moment, Lord. Would you cause ideas to drop into hearts and minds in the next few hours, in the next few days, that dreams and visions would begin to come alive within us and that we would truly live as overcomers, as people of destiny and people of purpose. And we thank you for this, Lord, in your matchless name. And all God's people say, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Amen.